subscribe, stay up to date. Episodes drop every other Monday. Welcome to the Matt Watch That Podcast, the place for reviews, rants, and randomness. I'm your host, Matt Sarosky, filmmaker, film fan. Each episode, I'm going to watch a movie or TV pilot that I probably should have seen but never got around to. It could be a recent favorite, critic's choice, or cult classic. To join in on the conversation, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed, or suggestions as to what I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Before we start, I had the pleasure of seeing Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. There's part of me that wants to explode with verbal diarrhea about how much I appreciate this movie. It was so enjoyable. Visually stunning. The idea of literally bringing comic books to life is fully realized in this movie. Sony Pictures Animation has raised the game again, and a shoe-in to win Best Animated Feature. The voice acting is so fitting for these characters. Shamik Moore, Haley Steinfeld, Brian Tyree Henry, Laura Velez, Mahershala Ali, just all-around solid, solid cast. And there's just too many to mention. Daniel Pemberton is back to man the score. I'm not sure if it was a conscious decision, but it seems that more live instrumentation was used this go-around. It made things feel bigger, more intense. There's still plenty of the electronic sounds that were featured in the first movie, but amped up this time. The music enhances every scene. I could not imagine the film without it. The soundtrack is incredible. I can't get the song calling out of my head. There are a lot of Easter eggs, so keep your eyes out. If you're not familiar with the world, it won't take anything away. It just enhances the experiences for those in the know. Now, there was a cliffhanger, which should be expected, since we already knew a sequel was in development. But it's still a satisfying ending, which also leaves you wanting more. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is a masterpiece in filmmaking. Go see it. On to the main attraction. Each review will end with a ranking out of 5 stars. 1 star is skip it, 2 stars watch at your own risk, 3 stars standard fare, 4 stars worth checking out, and 5 stars must see. Now if I give a title 5 stars, it doesn't mean I'm comparing it to Casablanca, Jaws, or Seinfeld. I rank titles based on other movies or TV series in that genre and at that time period. On this episode of the podcast, I'll be reviewing The Boss Baby from 2017. So how'd I miss it? I'm not really sure. I've always liked animation, always tried to keep up with it, but for some reason this one just flew under the radar. It was directed by Tom McGrath, who helmed Madagascar, Madagascar Escape to Africa, Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted, and Megamind. The screenplay was written by Michael McCullers, who scribed Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, and its sequel, Goldmember, Undercover Brother, Thunderbirds, Baby Mama, and Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation. It stars Alec Baldwin as the boss baby. A Long Island native, he studied at the Tisch School of the Arts of New York University and was later part of the actor's studio. 
His first acting gig was on the soap opera The Doctors, where he performed in six episodes. He had a few roles in TV movies before transitioning to the big screen in Forever Lulu. In 1986, he made his Broadway debut in Loot with Zoe Wanamaker. Two years later, he had an eventful year starring in She's Having a Baby, Beetlejuice, Married to the Mob, Working Girl, and Talk Radio. He since appeared in The Hunt for Red October, Alice, Malice, The Juror, Mercury Rising, Pearl Harbor, and The Aviator. He returned to television with the series 30 Rock, where he was nominated for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series seven times, winning twice. Now, I've already spoken about controversial actors in a previous episode, so I'm not going to rehash that. The shooting on the set of Rust is a tragedy. If there was any chicanery, or proper protocols weren't followed, then people should be held responsible. But I don't believe that someone should be prosecuted just because they're an outspoken critic of a political opponent who he did a spot-on impression of. I'll let more important people decide that outcome. The rest of the cast includes Steve Buscemi, Jimmy Kimmel, Lisa Kudrow, and Tobey Maguire. This is something to look out for. There is an homage to the television series Batman from 1966, when Tim tips back the head of a bust, presses a button which reveals two poles that his parents slide down. So let's jump into it. Tim Templeton is an imaginative child who enjoys going on adventures in deep space, under the sea, and in the jungle, all within the confines of his suburban home. For the past seven years, he's lived an idyllic life with his parents, Ted and Janice. They work in the marketing department at Puppy Co. Even though they have demanding jobs, they always make enough time for Tim. While tucking in their son to sleep, they ask if he would like a younger sibling. But Tim says he's fine with the way things are. But it made him wonder, where do babies come from? Then, one day, he found out. It was a taxi. Or at least, that's what his imagination thought up. He came donned in a suit and immediately started giving orders. Wants a toy. Needs a bottle. There's a poopy diaper. And if he wasn't satisfied, he would have a fit. Ted and Janice were wrapped around the little terror's finger. Tim was not. He asks to speak with his parents about the new baby, who he believes there is something weird about. He wears a suit, carries a briefcase. What's up with that? At bedtime, Tim waits for his parents, but they've fallen asleep from exhaustion. Then he overhears the baby talking on a chatter toy phone about how important the mission is to the company. Here's a quote without context. The people of Long Island do not know how to make an iced tea. The Boss Baby was an amusing film. It's been a while since I've watched a DreamWorks animation movie because I don't think I've ever seen their new mobile logo. But since Shrek, they've always approached their projects with a bit of snark, and this continues that tradition. Being the baby of the family, I didn't have the good fortune of experiencing a younger sibling, but I can just imagine how disruptive it would have been to a household. I have played The Sims, and those first few days with a baby are rough. The new Growing Together pack with infants has improved the gameplay, but they're just so needy. Anyway, the voice acting was fine. There were a few characters that I had to look up who performed the voices, but others were much more distinctive. There's no mistaking Alec Baldwin or Steve Buscemi, but I do prefer when voice acting is done by professional voiceover artists, Broadway stars, or actors who manipulate their voices to suit the character versus just using their speaking voice. The animation was colorful, fantastical. Pixar seems to try to replicate environments as photorealistically as possible, whereas DreamWorks has a particular quality that's unique. It's stylized. 
When Tim was on a space adventure, the scenery looked like Forbidden Planet or Flash Gordon. It also helps that part of the subject matter is told through the imagination of Tim, so the animators could play with reality, and I found that enjoyable. There were many different styles incorporated into the movie. They also did a couple of parodies of films, which are common with DreamWorks. Kudos to whoever did the character designs on the baby, because the facial expressions were really funny. Now, the story is a little convoluted, especially if you're a youngster, but honestly, is a five-year-old focusing on plot holes or enamored with the pretty colors? Now for a little trivial trivia. The first trailer was released on October 16th, otherwise known as National Bosses Day. The Boss Baby was produced by Ramsey Ann Nado, who currently serves as president of Nickelodeon Animation and Paramount Animation. The computer animation was created by DreamWorks and distributed by 20th Century Fox. It was edited by James Ryan, who worked on Turbo, The Crudes, A New Age, and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. The score was composed by Hans Zimmer, who won two Academy Awards for Best Achievement in Music Written for Motion Pictures, Original Score for The Lion King, and Dune Part 1. He's also been nominated for Rain Man, As Good As It Gets, The Preacher's Wife, The Thin Red Line, Gladiator, Sherlock Holmes, Inception, Interstellar, and Dunkirk. This is his fifth collaboration with Tom McGrath after the Madagascar Trilogy and Megamind. And Steve Mazzaro, whose filmography includes The Amazing Spider-Man 2, The SpongeBob Movie, Sponge on the Run, and The Boss Baby 2, Family Business. The soundtrack featured songs by The Beatles, Elvis Presley, Fred Astaire, and Cool and the Gang. The end credits include a cover of What the World Needs Now is Love, performed by Missy Hale. The runtime is 1 hour 37 minutes. It had a budget of $125 million and grossed $528 million at the box office. It was nominated for one Oscar at the 2018 Academy Awards. It's the 12th DreamWorks animation film to be nominated for Best Animated Feature. A television series, The Boss Baby, Back in Business, was released in 2018. It aired for four seasons, 49 episodes, plus one special. It was followed by a theatrical sequel, The Boss Baby, Family Business, in 2021, which grossed $146 million. A series sequel, The Boss Baby, Back in the Crib, premiered in 2022, and its second season debuted in April of 2023. A third film is in development. On the Ski Index, I give it 3.5 out of 5 stars. A good effort from DreamWorks still lacks the heart of Pixar movies and the scope of recent Disney output. If you've seen The Boss Baby and have opinions on the movie, let me know what you think using the hashtag MattWatchThat. Moving right along, each episode, I'm going to post clips that I think people should watch. It could be movie trailers, music videos, interviews, or something completely random. Search for my YouTube page and there will be a playlist called Matt Watch That Playback. Once upon a time, the Disney Studios used traditional animation to bring their iconic characters to life. It involved animators hand-drawing images onto sheets of paper, which were traced onto acetate sheets called cells. They were then painted and photographed by a rostrum camera. Sometimes rotoscoping was used, where live-action movements were filmed and referenced, then traced. At 24 frames per second, a feature animated film could require over 100,000 cells. Due to the cost and the amount of time the process took, 
Disney animators would often reference previous movies and recycle the animated scenes. Now, back in the day, movies were only available to watch in theaters. There was no home video market, so I'm sure the attitude was, who's gonna know? But with the invention of VHS, DVDs, Blu-rays, and now streaming, all of that content is readily available, and observant watchers noticed this phenomenon and created videos with side-by-side -side comparisons. Hopefully this won't take anything away from the Disney magic. But I've selected a video which shows the recycled or referenced images, and you'll see that the similarities are uncanny. It's available in the Matt Watch That playback playlist on YouTube. Check it out. Now it's time for the recommendation. Yes, that's the word recommendation with Matt in the middle. I'm going to end each podcast with my own recommendation of a movie or TV series. Today I'm talking about Batman the Animated Series. Co-created by Eric Radomski and Bruce W. Tim, and based on the character by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. It was also influenced by the live-action features directed by Tim Burton, and included the use of Danny Elfman's Batman theme over the intro. It tells the story of billionaire Bruce Wayne and his alter ego Batman, who battles the rogues gallery of Joker, Penguin, Catwoman, Two-Face, the Riddler, Mr. Freeze, Scarecrow, and the original creation to the series, Harley Quinn, all with the backdrop of Gotham City. It features the voice acting of Kevin Conroy, Lauren Lester, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., and Mark Hamill. I didn't watch the series in its original incarnation. It debuted in 1992, and I was in junior high, so it wasn't considered cool to watch anything animated, which was still viewed as a child's medium. So wanting to appear hip and fresh, I avoided it. Though I still snuck in feature-length animated movies and never gave up on Looney Tunes. I had intended to do a Matt Watch That episode on the series, but I had gotten to the point where I forgot how to just enjoy watching something without having to do work associated with it. I think I've found a good balance now. But anyway, if you're a Batman fan, it's such a great series. It's still appropriate for a younger audience, but it's definitely more film noir inspired. The stories don't feel juvenile. The animation was fantastic, especially for a television series. I mean, you compare it with other cartoons that were out there at the time, and this is some high-quality work. They also highlight some minor characters like Mad Hatter and Dr. Hugo Strange, both of whom would make their live-action debut in the TV series Gotham. Batman the Animated Series was on for two seasons, 85 episodes from 1992 to 1995. The series is currently streaming on Max. That's all for this edition of Matt Watch That. Thanks for listening to me babble. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed, or suggestions as to what movie or TV pilot I should see, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Head over to mattsaroski.com for the latest news and updates, and come back next time for the reviews, rants, and randomness. Shamik Moore, Harry, Harry Seinfeld. Tim Templeton is an imaginative... Tim Templeton is an imaginative... There's a lot of the did it is in that word.
Mercury Rising, Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor, when did I suddenly become Bostonian? Pearl Harbor, 